Good morning on this Friday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. God is a giver. Man possesses absolutely nothing within himself except it first come from God as far as that which is good. God is a giver for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is the one that gives life. He is the giver of life. He's the giver of every good gift and perfect gift that comes from above. The devil, he comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He's totally the opposite of everything that God is. Whatever promises the devil may make to the life of an individual, eventually they will wind up robbing him, killing him, stealing from him, destroying him. But Jesus, when he came, he also came. He also came to give. He gave his life for us. He laid it down. No one took it from him, but he gave it for us. Now, yesterday we had finished, as we were talking in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17, 18, and 19. We're talking about remembering that God is the one. Now, there's a, an important thing that we have to consider here. In, in verse 17, it says, Thou shalt... Uh, and thou shalt say in thine heart, my power and my might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. When a person reaches a point where they think they have accomplished anything or something, at that point we have forgotten that it is God that is in charge. We have forgotten to be grateful and demonstrate gratitude and thanksgiving to God. A generation, a people, uh, the life of an individual that does not show gratitude and thanksgiving in everything that they have done and everything that they have accomplished and everything they have received, possessed, and have is one that has grown independent of God and assumes the responsibility in himself or herself that now they possess something that others don't possess and they themselves have reached the place that they have reached because of their own ability or strength. But God, for the nation of Israel, according to Deuteronomy, he had promised them something, and it was for a divine purpose. It was so that he could establish the covenant that he had promised to the to their fathers uh, beforehand, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and those before. It says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. See, there are certain things we are to forget. There are certain things we are to remember. We don't need to bring up our past if it's already under the blood. We do, although, need to remember how good God has been in everything that he has accomplished in us through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. See, it is the one that is your God, the true God. He is the creator, the living God. Everything and everyone else is a false God. But he is the true God that giveth thee the power, the ability to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. If we are a covenant people like Israel is a covenant people, then God wants to establish his covenant in our lives so that he can fulfill all of his promises that he has given in his word, both Old and New Testament, that are for us today. 
But if we forget God, if we forget to walk and serve him, and we rely and depend on ourselves, then we make our own gods. And when we make our own gods, ultimately, we will create in our own lives our so-called own purpose for life. And in doing so, then God is out of the picture, the true God. And ultimately, we can never truly be fulfilled and satisfied in knowing the full will of God for our lives until we realize our dependence, our full dependence upon Him. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. He will direct your steps. He will order them according to Psalm 119 so that you can walk the straight and narrow as he has purposed. There is a reason why he has asked us to follow his word. There is a reason why he has told us to do these things. Now, in the book of Ecclesiastics, in chapter 5, in verse uh, 18 and 19 onward, we see another example of this, of God giving to the life of an individual, and how we are to take that into, into consideration. Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor. He that taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Notice, God wants us to enjoy what we eat, what we drink. He wants us to enjoy all the good work and the labor that we have undertaken, of course, undertaken it according to his will. All the days that God gives us, it's his portion to us. In verse 19, it says, To every man also, whom God has given riches and wealth, and has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. It's a gift. See, God is a giver. It is a gift. But when you jump over to chapter 6 of the book of Ecclesiastics, it says there is an evil. Some translations say there is a sickness that I have seen under the sun. And it is common among men. Verse number 2. It says, A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he has desired. Yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eats it. This is vanity. It is an evil disease. Now, if you stop and consider, in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 28, God said from verse 1 to verse 14 that all these blessings would follow the Israelites if they hearkened and listened to the voice of their God. And it says in verse 15 that if they did not want to listen, if they did not want to obey, if they did not want to follow, if they did not want to serve God, then there was a certain amount of curses that would come upon the people. 
And I've always been fascinated how one of those uh, curses is that, you know, you're going to have children or children are going to be born to you. But yet you never get to enjoy them because another is going to enjoy them on your behalf. Let's read uh, Ecclesiastes 6 uh, 2 again. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul at all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not the power to eat. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. And the reason for this is many that have family and children are Christians and they serve God, they love God. But yet somehow or another, the children got involved, whether it's in drugs or uh, in in crime or or in certain things. And all of a sudden, the stranger is the one that's enjoying the work of their hands. He's enjoying the fruit of their labor. Uh, a person goes and works for X number of hours a day, a week or month or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, he's involved in some type of habit or in some type of a crime. But yet he never gets to enjoy his money. Uh, let's say someone is involved in gambling, constantly losing, 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 losing his money. The rest of the family that's expecting a paycheck, that's expecting to pay the bills and stuff like that. All of a sudden find themselves in need and they just never seem to catch up the alcoholic father that spends all the money on on alcohol the 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 drug addict that spends all his uh, money on on drugs see it's an evil god is a giver he may give us yet the individual does not get to partake he does not get to enjoy his life his life is not abundant with peace is not abundant with freedom with liberty is not abundant with worship and praise unto God but he or she is bound another enjoys the fruit of the labor that one has worked so hard for so we see even here even those that are blessed in the mightiest way as far as riches and wealth and honor are concerned Many of them do not get to enjoy their sons and daughters or family members or even husbands and wives. It says, you know, you're going to get married, but yet another, another is going to sleep with your wife or sleep with your husband. Uh, It says you're going to buy lands, you're going to plant them, but yet another is going to enjoy the fruit thereof. Now, I'm simply stating what is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. All of this was considered a curse. It says you're going to, as far as a nation Israel, uh, you know, your enemies are going to come against you one way and you're going to flee seven instead of the opposite where they'll come against you seven different, they'll come against you uh, one way and they'll flee from you seven ways. So when you read that, then you begin to discover that what God gives us is to be cherished is to be appreciated, is to be praised and given glory unto Him. Now, as we look at the Scripture, someone will say, well, how do you deal with some of these things in your own life? It says in James 1.5, it says, If any man 
If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. God gives wisdom from above. And he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't get mad. He doesn't get angry for us asking him. He doesn't defale, uh, defame us or rail at us or, 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 or cast his teeth at us. He says, oh, I, uh, you know, he doesn't revile us or taunt us. He wants us to be able to walk according to his purposes and plans for our life because he knows what's down the road, what's going to hurt us, what's not going to hurt us, what's going to be good, what's going to be bad uh, and or evil. So if any man, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth. So in the situations, in the circumstances that we may find ourselves in in life, Ask God to give you wisdom, not just any wisdom, but his wisdom. We may never have the wisdom that Solomon had, but we can have the wisdom for a daily basis, know how to make decisions instead of just uh, picking straws, uh, guessing at it, or just blindly choosing, you know, door number one, door number two, or door number three. But if we ask God for wisdom, he will give us wisdom. It says, he that giveth to all men liberally, and he abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But you have to ask in faith. Then there is, of course, the need to wait upon God. When we ask for things, we sometimes just assume, okay, that's it. It's over and uh, done with. Uh, Okay, God, you know, it's been uh, two seconds I asked you. It's still not here. But in Psalm uh, 46, in verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. There is a stillness that we are unaware of that is very important. Sometimes that stillness can make the difference between life and death. Now, if we were to look at the animal kingdom, they have learned the importance of when a predator is after them to be still, to be completely, completely still. Don't let anything rile them or or cause them to flee or jump uh, because it, it could be the end of them that that could be it. So we have to learn in ourselves to be still and 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 relax in in his shadow relax in his presence and wait there upon the lord now we've talked about waiting uh some sessions back we talked about a waiter that comes and waits well we wait upon god wait upon his instructions what is it that he wants us to know what is it that uh, uh he wants to deal with in our lives uh, one translation says, relax and know that I am uh, I am God. I shall be raised high in the nations. I shall be raised high in the earth. To know him as Elohim. Know him as creator. Know him as God. Uh, simply as God, God. He is the one and only true God. There are not two or three. Another translation says, 
be at peace in the knowledge that I am God. Of course, it does say in Isaiah 26, 3, He whose mind is stayed on thee, thou wilt keep in perfect peace. It's something that we have to harmonize in our lives. Well, I just happened to look at the recorder here and I see I'm past my time. Uh, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Join us tomorrow. The Lord richly and fully bless you in Jesus' mighty name. We'll pick up there on Saturday in Jesus' name. Amen.